favorite authors, friends, and guests explore the simpler side of life. Here's your host, Amish fiction author, Tracy Fertikowski. Hey there, welcome to another episode of Buggy Talk. I'm your host, Tracy Fertikowski. Each week, I'll bring you the story behind the stories along with the storytellers. For this week's episode, we have Amish fiction author, Adina Smith, who will introduce us to her latest release, The Amish Cowboy's Bride. First of all, I want to say hello and thank you for joining us. And how are you today? I am very well, and thank you so much for having me on the show again. It's lovely to see you. It feels like talking to an old friend. I know, I know, I know. Well, I found something on your website that I just had to repeat, and I'm going to read it. It says, Adina has been quoted as saying, if I were stranded on a desert island with only one book, it would have to be Doomsday's book by Connie Wills, and I'd smuggle Pride and Prejudice and Jane Eyre's onto the island in my pockets. I absolutely love that. We all have a certain book or some some author that we just love to escape into. Yes, I, I love those three books. In fact, just about anything that Jane Austen writes is, is a favorite. Um, L.M. Montgomery, like the Anne of Green Gables author, all those books are favorites. It's, you know, you, you have the ones that if the house was burning down, you'd grab them on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> you would. I have been devouring everything from um, Francine Rivers right now. I think I've read almost all of her books. And um, sometimes, I don't know about you, but I get one author and I just continue to read and read and read until there's nothing left that she's I do written. That too. And, yeah, and that's where I'm at right now. So we're going to talk a little bit about your writing career. I know when I had you on before, you gave us some insight to what makes you tick, but I think I have some new questions for you to answer. So are you all right with me digging into your private life as a writer? Well, you know, when you're a writer, you think that it's private, but I think a lot of stuff comes out in our books. So go right ahead. <laughs> all righty. All righty. So I know the Amish Cowboys Bride has a male character in there. So my first question is, what's the most difficult thing about writing male characters? Getting the voice right, I think, because men and women tend to think a little bit differently. And I know my female characters, they're maybe they're introverts like me, maybe they're not, but they, they have a certain, like the sentence structure that I use for them, the words I use for them are one way. And then when I go into a man's mind, just from living with an engineer, they think differently. I kind of structure my sentences to be shorter and my the sort of outlook to be very practical because at least the man I live with, he's he's a problem solver. And so when a woman would think in terms of I'm getting advice for this problem, a man thinks she's asking for a solution to this problem. And that's two complete conversations <laughs> that are different. So I had to take all these those things kind of into consideration. And also my male character is a carpenter. But he's not completely committed to that trade. He wants to be a cowboy. So there's also, you know, you look at the world in terms of things that are built or constructed or fabricated and, you know, the tools that people might have used. And, and you don't just look at a house, you look at a project. So that there was that kind of mindset as well. 
often when I'm writing a male character, I will read the paragraph to my husband and he'll often say, you know, that's too wordy. I wouldn't say that. A man wouldn't feel that way. <laughs> Get, take the feelings out of it. Take the emotion out of it. That's what he always tells me. Take the feelings and take the emotion out of it because a man's not going to think that way. And well, it is. We wouldn't you wouldn't have much of a romance, would we? If yeah, we I, know. <laughs> I know. But he is so right, though, when you think about it. Men are short, short and to the point. They, they want to fix a problem, just like you mm -hmm. said. So um, I know that when I'm struggling with a male character, I turn to my husband all the time and say, okay, would you say this? And he yep. often says no. <laughs> I have my husband read my, the Amish manuscripts for technical stuff. And, and he'll say, no, you've got this wrong. Like we did water systems in the, in the Amish cowboys baby. And, and this one, it's like renovating a house and granted we've built our own house. And so I remember a lot of that, but he, he went through just small things that, that a guy who actually had hands on his own studs and drywall would notice, which was fantastic. I love having those guys in our back pocket, don't you? <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do, I do. Well, I have to ask, how long were you a part-time writer before you became a full-time author? Oh, I started, I picked up my computer and got serious about it in 94. And I was, and then I went through a master's program and my first book wasn't published until 2002 with Harlequin. and then. In 2012, I, you know, kind of the indie revolution hit and I had a successful series and I found myself, I, I didn't have time to go to the day job. <laughs> so I quit the day job and just focused completely on writing. So it's been, it's been 10 years so far. And it has been a journey, hasn't it? It has. It has. So how many hours do you think you write in a day? I start at nine. And I do sort of technical stuff in the morning. Like I, I also am a copy editor. So if I have an editing client, nine till noon, if I don't have a client that week, then it's like marketing stuff and the accounting and all that kind of left brain stuff. And then I take the chickens out for an hour at midday. And then from one to four, it's writing time. And everybody in the neighborhood knows, don't bother Adina. She won't answer the door or the phone. It works out well. Sometimes I have to run away and go in the backyard and do my work back there, but at least it gets done. And because I think they call them circadian rhythms. My creative time is in the afternoon. Wow. My creative time is first thing in the morning. So if I don't have some words on paper by noon, you might as well forget it. I'm not going to get any on that day. So that's interesting how we all, there's different things about each author that I talk to that makes us tick differently. It's amazing. It is. It is. What period of your life do you find yourself writing about the most? Your childhood or your teenage years or maybe young adult? You know, do you bring your personality into your stories? And what period of your life do you find yourself levitating toward? Well, I did do a six book YA, faith-based YA series. And that was a lot of fun, sort of rewriting my terrible high school years. <laughs> But I think what I really gravitate to in Amish fiction is the courtship story. I just love that period where a, a young woman sort of wakes up to the fact that that she wants to make a life with a partner. And, and particularly in the Amish communities, it's kind of expected. But the, the process by which a young woman gets there 
falls in love, creates a courtship bond with a, a man, and then looks forward to making her own home. That's just really, really interesting to me. So that's that's what I'm enjoying writing. I Although I did do the parents of my Amish cowboys, I did do their story in more Amish Christmas miracles. But again, that was when they were young and just it was their courtship story. So now I've woven them into the six book series about their kids as kind of a continuation. So I'm kind of hitting both sides the the older parents who are still madly in love with each other and then the courtship stories of their kids. So I have to ask you, did when you were that age and you were looking forward to marrying and having a family of your own, was that a period of your life that um, you looked forward to? I did look forward to it. I looked forward to the independence. I was in, I'm from a plain church. So, you know, independence is kind of a matter of degree. So, you know, you would move to a city where there was members of the church already there. You would get a job that was suitable. Like you would never be a hostess in a bar or anything. You would be like a secretary or a scheduler for a construction company or something like that, that was acceptable to the church be in the district and and be all your social life would be with the community and the young people of the community your pool of possible spouses was in that community so it was it was different then than the way I am now because I I moved out of the plain church and and I'm looking at it's a whole different kettle of fish <laughs> I'm kind of glad that I when I was doing you know, looking for a partner that it was in this very sheltered, protected environment, because it's kind of like the Wild West out there these days. <laughs> it certainly is. It's What I really want to talk to you about is the Amish Cowboys Bride. But before we do that, I'm going to set the stage and I am going to read your back matter. So here we go. The Amish Cowboys Bride. How can you dream about a man you've never met? Rebecca Miller is the shy twin, the thoughtful twin, the invisible twin next to her vibrant sister, Melina. She's content to dream of a man she saw at a distance the previous summer until one stormy winter night when she rescues an unconscious accident victim and recognizes him instantly as the same man. Noah King and his family arrive at the hospital to find his brother Andrew in a coma and a young Amish woman by his bed holding his hand. They know he's in love with someone, but his rumspring has been so wild they never dreamed it would be an Amish girl. With huge relief, they welcome her instantly as a future member of the family. At least his parents do. Noah can't help but feel that this quiet girl is far too good for his handsome, restless brother. As she spends time with his family, she comes to embody everything Noah dreams of in a woman, but now can she, but now can never have. The Miller family on the Circle M did not see this coming. Rebecca engaged to one of the King boys from Colorado. How did this happen? And when Andrew finally wakes up and has no memory of her, the only person who knows it's not amnesia is Rebecca. With Andrew believing they're engaged too, she could have everything she ever wanted simply by saying nothing. But the more she comes to know Noah, the more she realizes she might have been weaving her dream around the wrong man. 
Adina, that sounds like a very intriguing storyline, and I can't wait to read this story. And I have to hear more about your main character, and that's my first question. If you had to describe your main character, Rebecca, in three words, what would those three words be? Invisible, shy, sort of the servant mindset. That wasn't really three words, more like six, but well, that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. That <laughs> describes her. Well, tell okay. us, I, you mentioned in your back matter that the story is in Colorado. Is that where the story is set? And tell us a little bit about how you did the research for this particular area. Actually, it's set in Montana. The Circle M Ranch is in my fictional town of Mountain Home, Montana, but these three men, if anyone has been, has read the, the Highest Mountain from my previous series, there, there's an Amish community, a fictional Amish community that I created in Colorado. And so these three young men are coming out to Montana to renovate their parents' place that they've just bought. And so here's Rebecca, who <laughs> had gone out to visit the previous summer and fallen for this young man. It's unrequited love all the way. In fact, you may recognize some similarities in this story to the movie While You Were Sleeping. <laughs> oh, okay. The Sandra Bullock movie. Uh -huh. I, this is kind of like an Amish take on While You Were Sleeping. Oh. <laughs> that's wonderful that's wonderful was there anything in this story that you ended up having to edit out when you turned it into your agent or into your publisher yes. it, well in fact the if people who have seen the movie the Sandra Bullock movie will know that she she carries she kind of floats along with the deception and doesn't know how to stop it right up to the moment where she's standing at the altar spoiler but the problem with the having an Amish character, you can't do that because their, their instincts are towards truth. So I could only let the, the floating along part and the enjoying being welcomed into this family part go on for like 24 hours before I knew that readers would go, but she's Amish. She would never live a lie. What, what is the, what's going on with this story? So, and, and it sort of didn't feel right to me either that Rebecca's character would, would live a lie so that she could enjoy this, the attention that she has never received before. <laughs> so what do you hope your readers take away from this story? I hope they love the characters. I hope they, um, they enjoy the kind of coming together of the sort of the grumpy hero and the invisible heroine who in each other discover that they are the thing that completes the other person and gives them confidence and gives them sort of the strength to face the world together. And also just the enjoyment of my Miller family, who I just adore. <laughs> we do fall in love with those families that we create, don't we? We kind of do. And I like being in the kitchen with them. And somebody's always baking cookies. And, and I, I really hope that readers enjoy kind of that family atmosphere as well. Oh, and I'm sure that they do. That's why our readers read Amish fiction, because it gives them that 
serene home family matters type of atmosphere that's what they love to escape to and it sounds like this book will give your readers exactly that so our listeners absolutely love our authors reading them either your first page or maybe a pivotal scene do you have a scene that you can pull off that you can share with us oh i sure do all right (laughs) the floor is yours okay The car roared up behind the buggy in a blaze of loud music. The driver laid on the horn and poor Hester threw up her head and juked to the right. Hester, nay, Rebecca cried. When she got control of the horse, up ahead she saw the car hit a patch of black ice and do a perfect 360 in the middle of the intersection. The driver gunned the engine to bring it out of the spin in a whirlwind of flying snow illuminated by red and yellow lights. The passenger side door opened and music blared again as something big and black flew out of it. The car spun one more revolution while whatever it was landed hard and rolled into the shallow ravine where the Sika River ran. A second later, she heard the ice crack as something heavy hit it. She heard a female voice screaming something horrible. Rebecca would have covered her ears if her hands hadn't been clamped on the reins like claws, and the engine roared as the driver stomped on the gas pedal. Rebecca had one last glimpse of red taillights from where she waited, frozen in horror, before they disappeared and the car was gone. Rebecca took a deep breath of air that practically crystallized her lungs. The temperature was dropping fast. That big black thing that flew out, she said to the horse, you don't suppose they really dumped their dog, do you? It won't survive the night. How can people be so cruel? She'd heard something hit the ice. So she got out and scanned the frozen margins of the river. The water was running clear in the middle, but the edges were still frozen with rounded rocks sticking up through the cloudy ice. There, she scrambled closer and then sucked in a breath of shock so hard she coughed. Because it wasn't a dog lying half on the bank, half on the broken ice, water lapping in its hair. It was a man. Well... <laughs> that just pulls you in. That just pulls you in. I just want you to continue to read. <laughs> well, that, that sounds like to... a wonderful, a wonderful intro. And I am assuming that's the first page or very early on in your story, correct? It is page five. Yes. All right. All right. So besides launching this particular story, the Amish Cowboys Bride, what's next for Adina? Adina has another book coming out in November called The Amish Cowboy's Letter, in which uh, I don't even know if I should spoil it, but (laughs) he's been writing to a young woman and she suggests that maybe she could come out for a visit and (laughs) he gets more than an envelope. (laughs) And that finally comes. (laughs) Okay. Okay. That's intriguing. That's intriguing. So we were talking a little bit before um, I hit the record button and we get to see each other here in a little while in um, Berlin, Ohio. Do you have anything else interesting you'd like to share with, with our listeners? Well, that trip is, is, as we were talking about, is going to be a month-long Amish research odyssey for my husband and I. We're going to go to Berlin first and join you and the other Amish Christmas Miracles authors at the, at the Amish Country Adventure. So that'll be fun. And then we're going to roll down to Lancaster County. I have a number of places where I like to do research and, and hopefully I'll be, we'll be able to visit our Amish friends there. 
And then after that, we're going to start heading north and east to wind up in Prince Edward Island, Canada, to research the new Amish communities that have been established there. And I can hardly wait. Oh, it sounds so exciting. Can I just come hide in your camper with you? (laughs) Sure, you can sleep on the dining room table. (laughs) There you go. There you go. That sounds like a wonderful trip. And um, I know you are from California. So that is a big, long, cross-the-country adventure that your husband has so graciously um, agreed to take you on and I can't (laughs) wait to hear more about it Um, maybe when you launch your uh, fall release we'll get back on and then you can tell us all about your adventures um, across the country that sounds really that sounds really interesting so as I always do I love to end our time together with a speed round of questions that I just rattle off that you can answer off the top of your head are you ready Mm-hmm. And they're silly questions. They mean absolutely nothing other than to make some of our readers laugh. So um, <laughs> here's the first one. Would you rather have super strength or be invisible? I think I'd rather have super strength because, you know, sometimes it's just a pain in the neck to park a car. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> that is funny. So tell us, did your parents give you a nickname and what was it? I think the it wasn't really a nickname. It's more of an um, abbreviation of my first name, it, which is Shelly. And so they would call me Shell because I was a shell collector. I was that little <laughs> blonde kid on the beach hour after hour looking for shells. And I'm still that way. Oh, <laughs> However many goodness. decades later. That is funny. You know, my grandfather loved the cartoon Dick Tracy when it was in the funny paper. So mm-hmm. um, my I was born on his birthday and he always, call, always called me Dick Tracy. Not a very feminine nickname, but that was just something silly that um, stuck with me all these years later. So How funny. I know. All right. Your last silly question is, if you were a flower, what would it be? Hmm, probably a daffodil. A daffodil? Oh, that's cool. I thought of a daisy. I thought you would be a daisy. You remind me of a daisy for some reason. So that's, I that's I, wonderful. I don't know. I like I like the shape of them. I like the fact that they're sort of out there first in the spring and and yellow is my favorite color. So any yellow flower I would be happy with. Oh, that's perfect. So is there anything you would like to say to your readers? I would only say, if you happen to be within 100 miles of Berlin, Ohio, please come and see us. It would be lovely to meet readers, and and there's a whole bunch of us going to be there, and we would love to see you. Uh, We would, and that is um, the third weekend of June, and I I know that I have it on my website, so if you want to check those dates, if you are from the Berlin, Holmes County, Sugar Creek area, go look on my website and um, you will find the exact date. So Adina, I want to thank you so much for spending time with us this week. And I look forward to hearing more about your future projects here on the Buggy Talk podcast. And to all you listeners, if you want to pick up a copy of the Amish Cowboy's Bride, look for the link in the show notes of this episode that you can find on my website at tracyfredikowski.com. And I know that's really hard to spell, so I've made it easy. And you can also go to buggytalkpodcast.com. There you'll find a complete list of some of your favorite Amish fiction authors and all the great books they add to the Amish landscape. 
To end this episode, if you want more information on my latest release, which is Rebecca's Amish Heart Restored, or any of the stories I weave around my fictitious town of Willow Springs, I invite you to visit tracysamishbooks.com. That's Tracy with the Y at tracysamishbooks.com.